what the community knows is the WoW Genesis community was airdropped a blue capacitor, which came to their wallet. But WoW Galaxy, which is our second collection, their airdrop was intercepted by a villain. So over the last two months, our community has been solving clues together to try to trap the villain and get the other capacitors back. The clues spanned everything from, you know, dropping digital clues on Twitter and through our Discord mods to physical clues that we dropped on a Times Square billboard with Madonna and, you know, things that we had pop up organically at events. NFTs and all my crypto is green. I'm watching Gary V on TV. What do you mean? She wear Gucci and Louis, but her favorite Celine. My old school is old, but I keep that clean. On today's show, we have Shannon Snow, COO of World of Women. Previously, Shannon was an executive at Google and Meta for more than a decade. At Meta, she led a national team empowering entertainment companies to grow their business with Facebook and Instagram and move into the metaverse. She's also a tech and angel investor. In this episode, we talk about all the things happening in the WoW ecosystem, including partnerships with Reese Witherspoon, Guy Osiri, Madonna, and a bunch of other influential people. IP rights and building, entertainment, storytelling, physical goods, philanthropy, and their star map. I hope everyone enjoys this episode, and we would love to hear your feedback. I want to start with, you know, what's going on in the world of WoW right now? Man, there's so much happening. Yeah, it's a broad question, but I would love to start over there. Well, you're catching us at a good moment. We just celebrated our one-year anniversary of WoW at the time we're recording this episode. And we were all joking that even though it's one year, it feels like five years based on everything that the team has done. We were pulling some old photos. There's some great ones of Yam, Raf, uh, the early co-founders all sitting in their living room, you know, before the original Genesis launch, and then to fast forward afterwards and say this has become one of the most iconic communities standing for representation. Everyone from Reese Witherspoon to Gwyneth Paltrow, Huda, Ava Longoria have all used WOW as their profile pics, you know, donated you know, over a million to charity and continue to make giving back a part of the community. It's just been phenomenal that, you know, it started really in a bedroom with four friends and it's gone on to become such an iconic, iconic brand in such a short time. It makes me really excited to be with the brand at this moment. Amazing. Are there certain things right now that you guys are like really focused on? Like obviously, you know, we will talk about the start map a lot, but but in general, is this something that is like in broad context, I guess? Yeah. From our standpoint, we are all about expanding the mission. And I think that everything that we do is serving in making sure that we have representation and inclusion in Web3. And so as we look to, you know, plan for what is the next step for World of Women. I think that you know people who know us know that we have our original collection. We launched the WoW Galaxy collection. And so I think those in the NFT community are relatively familiar. But when we think about what the future is, it's all about creating a brand that can last a lifetime and become iconic. And so for us, it's moving from being you know, a blue chip NFT collection to being a global Web3 brand and thinking through what that means, whether it's signing really iconic partnerships, whether it's in the digital or the physical space, you know, continuing to expand our educational mission, which I think will be really critical to, in terms of getting more people in and just making sure that we're doing the right partnerships so we can 
introduce, you know, more women, more diverse people and more people overall, not only to our community, but to Web3 as a whole. So we're really excited, but it's all about building for the future and building generationally versus building for, you know, the next 20 minutes on Twitter. So what have been some of the biggest challenges or roadblocks as you're expanding the World of Women project and brand? It's been a really exciting time for our team. So I recently joined the team about two months ago and already it feels again like a lifetime because so much happens. But my previous career, I spent over 15 years at Google and at Meta. And over time, you know, pretty much every year I had to build a team. And what you learn is great teams are built when every time a new person joins the team, you rethink, like, what does this person have to contribute? What do they have to offer? Listening to what their view is, both outside and inside. And so I think thinking through how do we continue to form the team and take, in, take advantage of the many talents that we have. We have some absolutely incredible, incredible members that can join, and they each have their own vision in terms of what this brand can become. And more broadly, I mean, we think of our community as members of the team too, and our community is always growing. You know, we have, of course, thousands of holders, but, you know, in the quarter of a million fans and those that join the Discord and, you know, are proud to amplify us on Twitter. And so figuring out how we really make it a community-centric brand and make sure that we're listening, continuing to evolve. I think that it's just a constant process, but it's also what makes it really exciting. I'm guessing like you probably are looking at community for like even getting to come work with you guys, right? Because these are your evangelists and, and whatnot. For sure. Some of our best hires have come from the community. I was a WoW holder before I became a, a member of the team. And, you know, it is interesting because as a community member, you know, you're used to looking at the community in a certain way, right? All of the team, they're like celebrities to you. I remember even interviewing for the role it was like, mm -hmm. I can't believe I'm in a meeting with Yam or Raf or Guy Osiri, right? It just feels like you're completely starstruck as someone who is so proud to just be a member and hold the NFT. But then, yeah, we, we, we really treat our mods, our community as members of the team. Some of the best ideas come from them, from the most honest feedback in terms of what's working, what's not. And so I think like for leaders of more traditional companies, I think that it would be a big shift to lead in the way that we're used to in Web3 in terms of being so community focused and having this real-time feedback on Twitter and in Discord. But I feel like it's just more meaningful because you can see how central being part of the community is to people's lives and how much they connect with other members, how much they lean on each other. So it becomes really dynamic, challenging, but also really exciting. I love that. Uh, like you mentioned, you worked as an executive at Google and Meta. And so as you like grow into these verticals, like toys, digital fashion, TV, film, IP, how do you think about the WoW identity and how it appeals to outside of outside NFTs, basically. Yeah, it was one of the reasons why I was so excited for the opportunity to join WOW. I had worked with a bunch of different companies in my roles at Google and at Meta. You know, I was always on the business side and you do get a very broad viewpoint of many, many different companies. So previously I had led a team called Disruptors and we worked with Series B through exit stage startups. And you just get a look at like, so many different products, so many different like ways of working. And it really gives you this business acumen of there's a lot of different ways to kind of operate and succeed in business in this world. And, you know, there's no one path to success. Like there's a lot of different ways that people approach it. And then most recently I was heading uh, the entertainment division at Meta. So working with partners, you know, differing from Disney to the NBA to large media conglomerates 
helping them on their marketing as well as getting into the metaverse. And you realize that there's quite a few viewpoints in terms of how these different companies think that this can go, right? Some are very open in terms of, hey, I'm very open with my IP. I want users to take it and do what they will with it. There's other companies that are more closed and they're more protective of their brand. But I think that's going to offer some really different challenges in Web3, right? When everything's focused on delivering value to holders, making sure that we can share in the economy, I think it's going to really differ in terms of how different companies choose to show up in the metaverse and in Web3 overall. So all is to say that, wow, coming in new in the space and be able to start with a clean slate and start community centric, I think it's a huge advantage because we can approach a partnership with physical goods or digital goods from a Web3 approach first and really think fluidly across digital and physical and not have some of the baggage of having to operate in a Web2 context and then transition over. So it's been very exciting, but also very fresh to be like, okay, we're not held back from some of the things and having to transition, we're able to just come in and then be a community that people are proud to be in and hopefully help other brands that are looking to get into Web3 and access our audience, help them along the way too. Coming from a world of, you know, Silicon Valley kind of world, right? Where it's all about the product market fit, where, whereas in this space right now, where everyone is trying to figure out the product market mm -hmm. fit in a sense, right? Is that, how do you approach that? Because we don't know what is possible yet, right? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think it's really fun and it's part of what's exciting. And I think it's yeah. part of why, I mean, I'd love to hear your, your guys' experience as well. It's part of why I fell in love with Web3. I was lucky in my career to be in Silicon Valley during a little bit you know, when Web2 was coming together, right? And it did have that feeling mm -hmm. of, we don't know what's going to happen. You know, everyone was just coming off of, hey, dot-com bust, right? And we tried some things that really didn't work and were burned and trying to build back up after that. But you kind of have to help each other and experiment. And that's kind of what makes it fun and what helps you learn. And I feel that really right now in Web3, right? I mean, you guys probably see a ton of projects, a ton of different ideas, a ton of people, and we're all trying stuff and we don't know what's going to hit and what's not going to hit. There's amazing projects that, you know, struggle to mint out. And then there's ones where you're like, is that a thing? And then they go <laughs> out of control, right? You just don't know what's going to resonate. But I think that spirit of collaboration and trying things is also what bonds us together in the space and makes it like dynamic and exciting. Have you guys found that as well? Yeah, I would agree with you. Uh, actually, you know, it's interesting what you were mentioning that the company that I could think of was uh, we had uh, Lisa from SonarCats mm -hmm. on the show. And she was kind of mentioning it as well, where, you know, they're trying different things because the first project they did, did not know what they were, they were getting themselves into. And then they learned from that and it's an iterative approach. And then they went to the different one, right? And then they're kind of building up on the learnings from the previous one as they're trying. different. The way I look at it is just like, you know, it's user testing and like, you know, taking taking one angle and seeing if that works or not, and then kind of diving into the second one. So I, I do agree with you. It's it's a very iterative approach, but the fact that there are so many people in the space who are so excited about it and passionate about it, and are very, you know, bringing these creative minds together and like what, what is possible, and just like letting that kind of flow is it's very beautiful. And we don't know what's going to come out yeah. of it, but it's, I feel it's like um, a lot of, you see a lot of like exist new and existing projects. You'll see kind of like you might not think highly of it. Then all of a sudden you see like this huge wave of people gravitate towards it and make it such a thing or even the, or even the opposite way. It starts out with so much hype and attention and people kind of like drift away from it. And as I was just, I was just thinking about how for world of women, I think after it minted out, I think it took kind of like another week or two before it really started accelerating. Um, 
you know, getting to, to you know, prominence of where it was. Yeah. As a way that people started finding it and getting deeper into it. For sure. And it is really interesting because there are going to be people that discover the project in a unique way. Maybe a celebrity use it as their PFP, which we've been very lucky that, you know, so many holders, you know, saw Reese Witherspoon use a wow as their PFP. And that was their introduction, not just to our project, but to Web3 in general and seeing that it could be yep. this opener for representation and inclusiveness to just have these new forms of how people discover new things. And then what's also interesting is just being able to listen to the community and pivot as needed. So I think one of the examples that really inspired me when I was a community member was when WOW and YAM were featured in the Christie's Night auction background for those who didn't see it. WOW was auctioned off alongside, you know, Picasso and a Banksy and it ultimately really fired up our community. We had a community member that designed a pink tux that she basically started giving to other WOW holders so they could suit up their WOW and wear a pink tux to sort of say, hey, I support you know, women being included in the NFT space and WOW being at this auction. It went completely viral and we had uh, people creating pink tuxes for other collections and suiting up, you know, many different PFPs from women's projects, other blue chip projects. And ultimately, you know, there were thousands of posts on social media, all people holding, you know, with pink tuxes on their PFPs. And so when the WOW did sell at the Christie's auction and completely exceed expectations and become, you know, the largest NFT sale by a woman at Christie's, you know, the entire community really shared in that success. And, you know, they felt that momentum. And it sort of inspired WOW too, in terms of, hey, people love dressing up their wows. They love having different drips that they can use on their profile pics. And since then, you know, we've continued to launch different outfits that you can customize your wow with and got us thinking about what digital fashion and digital identity could really mean because, you know, people wanted to have this show of support for the community and have this movement that they can join. So I think it really takes a sense of, hey, you know, you have ideas as a business leader, but you also have to listen to what the community really gravitates towards and have a really good mix of both of how do I take that energy and then continue to amplify it as we grow and evolve in the space. I would also say like one thing I would commend you guys on is in the end of the day, it's, it's all about execution, right? And, and it, the reason WOW has stood out so much is because of the actions you guys have taken from like, you know, the partnerships to like doing like the Christie's, like all these things that like, you know, and I mean, I would also say like, yeah, I'm, and the team not, you know, not being uh, anonymous at that time, right? Because people wanted to see real people, right? And people who are actually building it for the right reasons and whatnot. So I think all those things have kind of come together very well with this amazing brand that you guys have built, which is very, very cool. Rath mentioned that utility was something that you all thought about very deeply. For example, you had the high resolution file of your WoW character, which was token gated from the start. So, you know, what other utilities are you guys thinking about or working on, whatever is public or whatever you're willing to share in that regard? One of our top goals is to deliver unprecedented value to the community. And I think obviously granting the IP rights to the community was huge. We're doing everything we can to empower our holders to use those IP rights. And I think it's something that I want to see grow more and more. We're already seeing a lot of organic use, whether it's, you know, buying a WoW so you can use the PFP for your business or creating physical products and merch, leveraging the IP. So we want to make sure that we're not only granting those rights, but continuing to invest in educational tools and other resources to help 
users really be able to leverage them. Because what I see is that, you know, we're starting to see this trend of IP rights being granted, but I don't think the majority of holders of any project really know how to take advantage of that asset. So we're really thinking about how we can do partnerships as well as create education to help people leverage that. And then it's all about just continuing to listen to the community on what benefits they really love. So we've had some incredible, extremely iconic events that are available to our community, having Madonna perform at our NFT NYC closing party was a huge one. I had wow. so many holders come up to me and say, hey, you know, I, I bought this NFT. I never thought that months later I would be partying with Madonna in New York and connecting with so many other holders about it. So I think we want to just keep upping the ante in terms of what we can provide and keep listening to holders what they want, right? Because those needs will change, you know? And it's something we're watching as the market changes too. You know, do people still want to travel to events and go to community meetups? Would they rather have a smaller meetup in their home city? We have community meetups that have been all over the world and we've been funding those meetups so that people can actually connect and um, have smaller sessions where they really deeply connect with other holders. So we're going to be continuing to experiment and figure out what, what else we can do to just deepen that community experience overall. Do you have any um, examples of like what community has done in terms of how they leverage their IP rights? So there's some really great ones. There's a green juice, there's wine, there's coffee. So we're starting to see more physical goods. We get pretty good in-stream in terms of just organic products that are popping up. And we do our best to retweet it, to showcase, hey, you know, here's an example of what you can do. Can we talk about the WOW Museum in Sandbox? Yeah, so the partnership with Sandbox has been incredible. They've been really supportive of our entire project. We launched a WOW Museum inside Sandbox. The WOW Fund has been basically acquiring art by diverse artists, and we needed a place to showcase. There's over 300 pieces of art that the WOW Fund has collected, and Sandbox created an incredible, iconic space where you can go and see some of the selected art, you know, live in the sandbox and really experience it in a new way. The WOW Museum will be coming back. Uh, season three of uh, Sandbox is opening soon or probably is already open once this airs. WOW will be taking um, a special role in season three. We've had really great participation and you can actually use your WOW to log into the sandbox and play as your WOW avatar. So we're hoping to welcome even more of the community to go in, participate in season three and view all this incredible art in the museum. Love that. Talking more about partnerships, like, you know, you guys signed up with Guy Oskari. Is there anything you can share over there? What's in the works? So Guy's incredible. He recently was named Variety's, you know, 2022 Music Mogul of the Year. And part of that was not just the iconic work that he's done with Madonna and U2 and the Chili Peppers, but with how he has become such a, a node and influencer and really just an incredible leader in the NFT space. So we're lucky that he manages WOW as well as Board Apes. And I think he's He's someone who has been a huge door opener for us, but also just encourage us to really think big. So our most recent meeting with Guy, you know, we we're talking a little bit about the roadmap for the future, you know, what we want to achieve, you know, over the next year. And his advice was great. He was like, listen, 
don't waste your time on these small activations. Like think about the biggest thing that you want to do. Think about the deal that you would sign that if anyone else signed it, you would feel complete FOMO and jealousy. He was like, focus on those, right? And I had to take a step back and say, yeah, I mean, this is someone who built Madonna, right? Who works with you two and the biggest acts in the world. And the fact that he sees that opportunity in the NFT space, he sees that opportunity in WOW. We feel really lucky to be able to, you know, take that counsel and really focus on, you know, just the biggest things that we can work on. Like things like our partnership with Hello Sunshine to think about how do we expand the WOW universe into the big screen, into TV shows, scripted, unscripted, and really thinking about how we can be very expansive with where WOW can go. Love that. Uh, talking about Hello Sunshine, is there everybody's question? Is there a movie or TV show <laughs> in the works? So officially, you know, what is on the record is the deal has been signed and it covers unscripted, scripted and films. And I think what is so awesome for those who are not familiar, Hello Sunshine is Reese Witherspoon's production company. They really focus on bringing stories of women to the screen. And if you look at their production slate, and I think that it's been an awesome partnership with WOW because, you know, they've kind of try to figure out how we can rewrite the story for women. And with WOW, it's how do we rewrite the story for women in Web3. So we have a really close collaboration with them. We are thinking through what it means to have such an expansive deal and really think through how this universe can all come together. I think what's super interesting about how storytelling in Web3 works is because the IP rights belong to the holders and there's a whole universe of user-generated storytelling, like anyone who owns a WoW can create a story for their individual WoW. We're running a lore contest right now where people are writing stories. So there's that individual element. Then there's storytelling that we're undertaking within our story Bible and playing out in riddles and games on Twitter and on Discord in real time. And then how does that ladder into an unscripted show, a scripted show, a movie? And so we're really working through very expansively, how do we go and bridge everything together from like the user generated IP rights that are owned to creating like a very expansive universe that we hope will, you know, model after some of the cinematic universes that that we know and love. And so it's all an experiment. And I think that it's really, I don't know if there has been a brand that's had that type of latitude from the start. And so we're really excited to work with them to figure out how we can create it in a way that it all bridges together um, for the community. It's a great question. Like, so when you're thinking about like, you know, when you're working with somebody like Reese Witherspoon's production company, and then you're thinking about storytelling, is it like, do they come up with the story or like do you guys come up with the story? How does this process work? So right now it's a collaboration and we, in the spirit of our earlier discussion around experimenting, you know, we are working as a brand to kind of understand what our community really loves. So right now we are in the middle of a storytelling arc within WOW. So what the community knows is the WOW Genesis community was airdropped a blue capacitor, which came to their wallet. But WOW Galaxy, which is our second collection, their airdrop was intercepted by a villain. So over the last two months, our community has been solving clues together to try to trap the villain and get the 
other capacitors back. The clues spanned everything from, you know, dropping digital clues on Twitter and through our Discord mods to physical clues that we dropped on a Times Square billboard with Madonna and, you know, things that we had pop up organically at events. Where the community is at is they solved the riddles, they trapped the villain and the green capacitors got dropped to WoW Galaxy. And where it is now is uh, real-time decision-making. So basically what we know about capacitors is they have an energy charge and they can be transformed. And the community is going to have to decide whether they transform their capacitor or whether they leave it untransformed. And once it's done, it's done and they won't be able to go back. And so it's really upping the ante of, you know, the community working together to solve problems, bonding by, uh, you know, kind of having this real time storytelling, upping the stakes of, hey, I'm in a story and I have to choose whether I'm going to make this decision for my asset and have to live with the repercussions of did I make the right choice? And so I think it's really exciting because running those type of storylines within our community both brings our community together, but it also gives us a real experiment of what is the community like? What don't they like? What do they feel challenged by? Do they like this storyline? And I think it gives data that you wouldn't necessarily have in a traditional production process. So we hope to learn as much as we can about what the community loves, what brings new members into the community, and then feed that data into Hello Sunshine as they work to create storylines that will hopefully reach a much, much broader audience. It kind of reminds me a little bit of like uh, the same thing happened with and the kind of similar kind of vibe happened with the proofs thing when they did the grails launch where mm-hmm. everyone was chatting about which grail is which and people were just coming together and it was a lot of like a lot of like fun and like a lot of uh, guessing and like, oh, I think this one is this one and, you know, brought people together pretty. Uh, so I can see what do you, we kind of mean with that, like just like getting people together to solve missions together. It's kind of it's very fun. It's very engaging. Makes a lot of well, sense. Totally. And I think what you realize is that part of what people are searching for in life is to be part of a community, to be part of a team. And what is so true about modern life is, you know, you don't really need to rely on anyone for anything, right? It's like, I used to have people take pick me up at the airport. Now I just call an Uber. Like my mom used to make me food. Now I can order on uh, Uber Eats. And it's like, you don't really need to rely on anyone for anything these days. And so when we create these communities where you actually need to lean on each other to solve something and you actually take on challenges that you wouldn't be able to do on your own with a community that you're passionate about, I do think it really bonds people together and it creates that sense of meaning of like, hey, we solve this together, you know? And so being create, be able to create that forum and create those ways where you can form those real-time digital connections in a community that is standing for a representation, I think is very meaningful because you just see that, you know, the community comes together to do great things, which is fun. And I think it's really smart that you took like this data, kind of experimental approach with it to kind of get get some more data just on what works in your overall community, rather than just be like, here's a new NFT, it's a mint pass for something in the future, like, wait for it, have fun, whatever, you made it a whole experience that will eventually benefit holders. And like you said, benefit um, the company as you get this, you know, really important data, because no one knows exactly what's going to work. So I think that's, that's really cool how you guys went about that. Uh, I, before before we move on, I actually kind of want to just uh, double down a little bit more on the storytelling part of it because I feel like you know you guys are working with some amazing 
oh, biggest names in the world, I guess, right? So, and these are all very creative people. Are you having more of these conversations with like other celebrities or other production studios about like how to do these things, or is it more like we're 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 doing more like a you know trial and error right now with with uh, as in like learning all we can learn from from with Reese with the Spoons Company and then kind of go from there? How are you guys approaching this right now? Well, it's all about opening the door. I think one of the things that was really interesting for me coming in to Wow from the outside is I didn't realize the scope of brand partnerships that we're exposed to. You know, we're in this moment where. Every brand wants to figure out how to be closer to their consumers. They see that Web3 is capturing those consumers. And so they want to partner with existing authentic communities to figure out what, you know, what can their involvement be in, in Web3. And so as we have partners approach us, you know, it can be various brands. You know, we've had exciting ones get signed, whether it's uh, Monopoly and Hasbro uh, to Jazzwares to create physical dolls. One of the things that we're starting to talk with brands about is, okay, you might be coming to us because you think, hey, we'll help you launch an NFT or maybe we'll do a collab on our IP on something physical. But one of the questions we're starting to ask is, do you want to be involved in storytelling? Do you want to help think through, you know, is there a connection, you know? Maybe you have existing IP that you want to do an interesting collab with, you know, maybe you don't. And we always want to only partner with brands that fit our mission and our overall values. And so I don't think this is something that we would open the door to everyone. But I think for those partners that that we love, that also share our values, figuring out if there's ways for us to storytell together is a door that we're starting to open. And we hope we can continue down more. That's a great point. I actually never thought about this, but all these big brands, not talking about production studios or, or, or movies or TV shows, but like all the big brands with respect to like, you know, like Pepsi's of the world, right? They need to get in. And it's not only about launching an NFT because there's no, you know, there's no like uh, substance in that, right? So I think it's like, how do you partner with with a brand that is doing, pushing boundaries with respect to like, you know, uh, using their IP and stuff like that? And, and, and it kind of makes sense. Like when these brands are kind of going to get in, they're thinking about different ideas, on how to like partner and, and, and come up with different creative stuff. Yeah. And oftentimes there's a lane, right? Brands might be thinking, oh, well, we need to get into Web3. So we need to partner with XYZ Project or, you know, it's Women's Month. And so let's partner with like the top women's community. Not to say that we don't want that, but I think our goal is to really push the entire space forward, right? Push the boundaries of what's yeah. possible in Web3, push it so that inclusion is the norm, not you know, a month that you celebrate, you know, at a certain point in time. And so I think trying to take the interest and the love that people have for this brand and say, no, actually, we would love to be involved in the entire canon of your story, or we would love to experiment on something deeper. I think that's part of the role that we want to play in the space is continuing to help others, you know, push the boundaries for the sake of making the space just more inclusive and more innovative. Okay. Tyler? Yeah, I was gonna say, I'm sure you get like, a lot of like inbound the people who just want to be like, how do I get in on this? First people who are like, how can we, how do I, I want to be involved in Web3. How can we potentially work together and more of like a long-term partnership relationship? Yeah. And figure out how we can do it in the right way. Right. Um, what I love about this project is they've made giving part of the mission from the start. And um, we've had a tremendous partnership with Code Green, done incredible activations for charity, donated a huge amount to a bunch of different causes from empowering women and building schools in Africa to offsetting our entire carbon footprint. And so I think really setting the tone of, hey, you know, when you come into this space, you know, sure, it's about innovation and it's connecting the consumer, but how are you going to do so ethically? Like, what is your commitment going to be to the community to give back? How are you going to do so in a way where 
where we make it inclusive from the start. I think that's been really fun to be in this position of, hey, we have a mission, a huge community, something that people really gravitate towards. But how do we use that power for good to encourage and inspire others to make a similar path and similar charitable as well as a green commitments? So, you know, at NFT NYC, like we mentioned, we saw Madonna uh, was with uh, WOW, it was on a digital billboard, and like you said, uh, played at the actual uh, World Women event. So are you able to expand on like, what exactly that partnership looks like? So it was an incredible honor to be able to partner with Madonna. She owns a WOW. She used it as her PFP. Um, she actually has a couple WOWs, um, which we were able to uh, showcase uh, in Times Square on an iconic billboard where we see Madonna and then it fades into her wow and then talks to the partnership. One of the things we love about working with her is that she completely shares our values. You know, her early songs, every song is really about expressing yourself and being who you are. And so we thought that having her and exposing our community as well as the pride community to a special show that basically closed NFT NYC, but also was the opener to pride was just a great way to kick off and like celebrate the relationship. So we felt extremely honored that she would do that give to our community, but also very proud because our values are the same. That's awesome. Love it. Uh, finishing this topic about partnerships, Anything in works that you can share about other celebrities that you've partnered with or you're going to partner with? Because I'm sure like you guys are, you get, you guys are getting everybody want to be a part of this. I feel. Yeah. Like. We just announced a really exciting collab with Nicole Richie. Her house of Harlow oh. brand is incredible. It's super iconic fashion. We are doing a capsule collection house of Harlow with wow. So we've co-designed some items that are going to be available. Um, so it just, just launched. So we're excited to be bringing even more iconic women into the wow family for this type of collaboration. I love it. Awesome. Let's move on. Kind of want to talk about Gary Vee. He loves you guys. <laughs> uh, and, you know, like, first of all, like in 2021, the summer of 2021, I feel like Gary Vee brought a lot of attention to WOW. How has the conversation evolved? Mm -hmm. And, you know, how has that changed things for a while and, and what's going on right yeah. now? Yeah, I mean, he's been an incredible supporter. It was actually a community member that flagged WOW to Gary and he got on board early. And there's a lot of crossover with uh, Gary's community with the WOW community. We saw that at VCon. Gary kindly invited World of Women to have a booth. You know, Yam was on stage and uh, chatting with Yam afterwards, she said that it was one of the times when she's felt the most overwhelming support and love from the community. I had people sending me pictures of just the lines to meet Yam, who did a signing with Eva Longoria at VCon. And it was just like complete frenzy and adoration. And so we're hugely, hugely grateful for Gary for introducing his community to WOW and just continuing to offer support, guidance. I feel really lucky. Uh, Avery, who is the president of Vayner3, she's been an awesome community member. She also lives in Miami where I live. So we had a chance to meet up and it's just awesome to know that it's not just Gary, but really the whole org who you know are supportive of the project and just want to find new ways to, to collaborate and help each other. Love that. So World of Women is one of the leading uh, philanthropic NFT businesses. Uh, you donated over 100,000 to CARE, um, Save the Children, and hired Ina Moda as your head of philanthropy. What did the team see in, in uh, Ina to hire her in this role? And what are some of the upcoming initiatives you have this year? 
So Inna is just a force of nature. She's so phenomenal. She is a UN ambassador and has really been a champion for change, especially for women and girls' rights. I meet people all the time who tell me, hey, you know, I went to an NFT conference and honestly, like just meeting Inna was the highlight of my entire experience because she's such an inspirational person. So she's been huge in leading our giving strategy alongside Code Green, which is an organization that she is CEO of. And I think what we see in here is she's not bound by, hey, this is an NFT project and, you know, we're going to focus on, you know, just women in Web3. I think her vision is that we empower women and girls all over the world to meet their full potential. And Web3 is a mode where we're able to do that right now. And we're lucky that the sales and the portion that we've donated to philanthropic efforts have been fueling that. But her vision is much broader in terms of, you know, we should be creating a world where women, no matter where they're born, feel that they have opportunity, you know, in the world and in life. And so her consistently bringing that acumen to our giving efforts has been phenomenal. And as you said, you know, some of the organizations that we've been supporting, including Too Young to Wed, which helps to end child marriage as well as build schools and educational resources for women. I mean, she's just been amazing in terms of connecting us to organizations that could really have true impact and guiding our strategy to make sure that we're doing that. You know, Inna has a great relationship with the UN. Um, and I would say in September, you should see some announcements around WOW, wow. Um, and continue to expand our relationship with the UN. Wow, that's, that's awesome. Love that. Next segment is rapid fire questions. Tyler, do you want to start with the first four? So first one, okay, this might be pretty easy. Your favorite PFP collection. How about your favorite PFP collection? That's not Wonder Woman. Ah, that's not, yeah. wow. I would say I'm a local to Miami and there's an incredible collection called Web3 Equity slash Tuttle Tribe. It's okay. basically named after Julia Tuttle, who uh, was the founder of Miami. And Miami is the only major US city founded by a woman. The NFT gives you access to educational and events, and it's all about helping women learn and get onboarded to Web3, and it's very local to Miami. I've learned a ton from their events, and so if I want to rep, rep a collection besides WOW, it's got to be Tuttle Tribe. That's awesome. That's a great answer. Yeah. Uh, Which one. upcoming artists would you like to spotlight? Oh, oh my gosh. Um, I have to pass because there's just too many. We have over 300 in the WOW fund and I don't want to play favorites. Understandable. <laughs> yeah. All right. Which teams in the space are you most bullish on? And it doesn't have to be NFT projects. It can be anything. It could be like, you know, it could be Web3 in general. I would say I'm bullish always on diverse teams. Um, I would say just in our hiring process, I interview a ton of candidates who go through an interview with me and Yam and just have this like sense of relief. Like, oh, I'm so excited to be joining a team that has women, has diverse people on the team. And so what you find is diverse teams are mathematically proven to make better decisions. So any team right now that is actively building for diversity, I'm bullish on. Your favorite Twitter accounts. I wouldn't say it's an account, but uh, I just started using NFT Inspect, which is the mm. Chrome extension that you can use to understand who is using your collection as a Twitter profile pic. And so it lets you kind of understand who, yep. you know, 
who actually feels strongly enough about your community to use it as their identity and then understand, you know, who has the most followers that is representing. And so I think that's been really fun to kind of get introduced to maybe new high profile holders that I hadn't seen or not yet introduced myself to. So it's a little meta, but um, it's a tool I'm liking right now. Brand, individual or team you would like to see in Web3? I'm bullish on women's sports and Web3. I think that women have so much physical and athletic talent, but the market just hasn't valued their talents in the same way it's valued the talents of men. So I would love to see female sports teams, you know, jump into Web3 and use it as a way to correct how much they should be getting for their incredible, you know, their incredible contributions and excellence. Amazing. Um, advice to new artists or builders entering Web3? I think just experiment. I think it can be really hard for artists because you maybe have a vision in your head and it doesn't relate to, oh, I'm going to build this in Web3 or Web2. It might just be, hey, I want to create art and whatever form it lands in, I'm going to create it. And so I think the balance is continuing to listen to that, but also take advantage of trends that are happening where there's new audiences coming to Web3, maybe new ways to introduce. And so, you know, staying true to your art, but also being open to experiment to connect with new audiences like there are in Web3. And last one, one prediction for 2023. I think we're going to get back to having fun in Web3. There's been so much talk about... <laughs> Bear market, you know, portfolios down. But when I look at the WoW community, how much fun that they've had creating community, problem solving, storytelling, solving riddles together, I would say it's really clear to me the joy that you can have when you, you know, have a mission aligned community that truly bonds together. So the intention I'm putting out there for 2023 is getting back to the joy of being around people you love, building community together and having fun. I'm going to add a clapping here if this works. <laughs> I actually wanted to ask you one quick question based on like uh, one thing you said about NFT inspect. Like I'm sure like you are, you also, you want to, you want to look at analytics, like, you know, who's using uh, the avatar as a Twitter, Twitter image and whatnot. I'm just wondering, like, do you also think about like how, how which, who are the top engagers? Like, you know, mm -hmm. are the biggest, biggest uh, supporters of, of, uh, in the discord, for example, is that something you thought about? Like how, how can you get that analytics and whatnot? Yeah. I mean, it's one of our goals actually for second half is to put in the tools to, in place to become a true data driven company. I think that, you know, you're, coming from the web two world, you're used to having data on everything, right? On your social, on, you know, like so much is, you know, has the ability to be measured. And I think that, you know, some things we just don't have as much data as we would like in terms of, you know, about our holders. And some of that's for a good reason, right? Like people want to stay anonymous. People, you know, some people choose to engage a lot in the Discord. Other people, you know, you'll never know who they are. And we want to really respect that. But we are trying to get smarter about how we use data across the company. For some things like top engagers, that's a little bit more obvious because we see them all the time on Discord. We see them all the time on Twitter. And so some of that is a little bit more prevalent. But I think where we're trying to, you know, just continue to get better is is how we can just build more data sources and just use data-driven decision-making in everything we do, whether it's like launching a new feature on our site and seeing how that spikes, you know, not just like the visits, but the time spent, the engagement, you know, understanding, you know, how people are using those type of features and using that to just build and fuel what we do next. Shannon, 
Thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, this Thanks. was absolutely amazing. And I know you guys don't do a lot of uh, podcasts. Really so thank you for it. coming on ours. We really appreciate you. Yeah. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Um, and yeah, hopefully I'll see you guys live at some point. Definitely. And where can people find you? So definitely find us on Twitter, World of Women NFT, as well as Instagram, worldofwomen.nft. This channel is intended purely for educational purposes and does not constitute financial or tax advice.